Moore, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by FFF Today lead writer Doug Orth. Doug is one of the top fantasy experts in the, in the industry, and we're going to talk some fantasy football to help you get ready for the coming year. But before I get to that interview with Doug, I wanted to tell you a little bit about an exciting promotion we're running here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. We're calling it our Champions Double. This is a chance to prove if you are a true fantasy champion. All you have to do is get in both the Fantasy Championship and also the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Championship and finish highly in both of those contests for a chance to double your money. So here's how it works. If you get in the Fantasy Championship, which you can do at FantasyChampionship.com, and you finish in the top 10 of that contest, and you also get in the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Championship, which you can do at rtsports.com backslash rtffc, and you win that rtffc league, you will double your money for that rtffc league. And that grand prize is $10,000. So that means you'll take home $20,000 if you win the rtffc contest and also finish in the top 10 of the fantasy championship. This is a chance to prove you're a true fantasy champion. So sign up for both these contests at rtsports.com and do it today before all the leagues fill up and it's too late. And now, here's my interview with FF Today lead writer Doug Orth. And I'm now joined by Doug Orth from FF Today. He is the lead writer for the site. His Twitter handle is at Doug Orth. It's A-O-U-G-O-R-T-H, at Doug Orth. If you want to follow him on Twitter, he just released his big board uh, this week, which has his top players on it. I highly encourage everyone to check it out at fftoday.com. They do great stuff over there. Doug, thanks so much for being with me today. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you. All right, I just want to jump right into it, Doug. Uh, drafts are starting to kick off for everybody now. I just wanted to get your early draft thoughts right now. Is anything standing out to you? Any trends or players getting picked at a certain spot? Anything standing out to you right now? Yeah, I highlighted a few. Uh, I, I find it funny. I'll just do some quick hitters here. The running backs will return to the first round. Not that they totally went away last year, but we got into the whole zero receiver craze. Not that that should go away, but I like the fact that we're looking at a balanced first round now. People have kind of came back to that after being scared off last year. Mm-hmm. Um, people are definitely buying the hype at at the running back position from the rookies. I don't remember the last time I I saw or ranked four rookie running backs in the first four rounds, and I think they all legitimately belong there. Um, I think, too, uh, you know, we're looking at Rob Gronkowski. Having, he had his third back surgery last year. You kind of think with back surgeries he would have moved out of the second round by now. Uh, that hasn't happened. Um, and then uh, the fourth and final one I'll put, point out is People have no idea what to do with Ty Montgomery. I, I find that it's not surprising, but I, it's the the amount of opinion you you hear in the industry. Uh, I guess surprises me this close to the season. We're still we still have no idea what to expect with Ty Montgomery. Yeah, he's kind of all over the map. I think just a lot of people have issues with how he's going to handle the load if he's featured back. Can he handle carrying plus carries? And can he run inside? I think he's got a question, but I think you have to like his upside as well. But I definitely see that as well. So, uh, 
any player, you talked about some guys going uh, early, the running backs are back to going early again. Is there any player in the first couple rounds that you just don't want any part of right now? Guy, you're just steering clear of. Okay, so I, I'm, I wrote on this on my first big board, and I, I'll, I'll try to keep the detail to a minimum here, but it's Des Bryant. I see uh, I use uh, fantasy football calculator for my ADP, and I mm-hmm. see he's going at, what, uh, 207 in PPR? Okay, first of all, we're looking at the fact he's missed 10 of 32 games over the last two years, and he's a physical receiver. So he's already at, at has worse odds of staying healthy than, he, than say, uh, you know, any of the other top whiteouts going ahead of him. Now, you know, as, you, as anybody that reads, reads or looks at my big board can tell, I put a – I put a, uh, let's just say I put more of an emphasis. I don't put a great emphasis, but I put, obviously, you look at the color coding in my in my big boards, I put some emphasis on the potential matchups. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go, let's go through this real quick. We can safely assume Janoris Jenkins and Patrick Peterson are going to shadow him because those quarterbacks either did so last year with him or did so on a regular basis. Then we got... He's also going to face the Broncos, which we know have two all-pro level corners, Josh Norman and the Legion of Boom in Week 16. Uh, Norman didn't shadow much last year, but the, the new defense coordinator, Greg Minuski, uh, kind of came out earlier this year and said that uh, he expects that to change. Right before the fantasy playoffs, we got the very good cornerback duo of Casey Hayward and Jason Barrett in San Diego. So what does that all mean? In case you were wondering, so I wanted to do some research on this for this interview. Some of the of the cornerbacks I mentioned, either the teams or the individuals, were among the top 14 in pro football focuses coverage grades last year. Now, don't get me wrong, Brian can win a little matchups because he's just that good, but when you factor mm-hmm. in the injury history with the level of competition, I just think it's going to be a tough road. And I, I said the same thing for Terrell Pryor and Alshon Jeffrey. It's, it's going to be a tough road for NFC East receivers this year. That's some great analysis there, Doug. really like that. That's some great stuff. And I just talked about players, a player you might avoid, but how about a guy you're going to target now? So I'm talking about running backs. Like you said, the running backs are back to being in, being the fad to take early in drafts uh, for this season. So maybe not the top guys. We all know the top 15 or so, but what about guys you're looking at as your number two back or number three back? Is there anybody that you're looking at in that range thinking, hey, I, I really want to target him this year? I've got a handful. I'm going to – I'm obviously not going to go into much de- as much detail as I just did with Dez there, but I see Dalvin Cook at 405. Really like that value. I actually I've d- updated my big board since Tuesday. I have him as my RB12 now, and the number 24 overall player on the board. So if, if you can get him at 405, you know, go for it. I have Doug Barton. This one's kind of controversial, but this is assuming that you can get him at the discount he should get for a three-game suspension, and not as, at his current 506 ADP. If you're paying, if you're paying a mid fifth rounder for Doug Martin with the three game suspension, then I would say probably not. If you could get him in the seventh round, okay, I'm up for that. Uh, some other guys that I have highlighted here: Danny Woodhead, Kareem Hunt, who we'll talk about later, I'm sure, Jamal Williams, and Duke Johnson. Like all just, those guys that they're current ADPs. I, I, just like you, I just moved uh, Dalvin Cook up my rankings this week as well. I think I have him around 14 or 15 on my uh, my top top running backs. I really like him as well. I think he's going to be moving up a lot of draft boards as we get as we get closer to the season. 
and okay. if, I can, if I can say something real quick, I, I, I mentioned to you earlier, or not before the interview, obviously, I mentioned to you that I do uh, uh, rookie profiles. Mm-hmm. And uh, were it not for his his shoulder injuries coming at Florida State, and then he had some off-field issues, which, uh, you know, I get to into in the profiles that and we, I think most of us already know about, um, were it not for that, he would have probably been considered the best all-around back. He probably was already considered the best all-around back in, in the draft. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I just I just wanted to throw that in there. Is this isn't coming out of left field. It's not just uh, you hear hype from a team or from a beat, beat writer saying, "Oh, he looks great. He looks great." No, he's 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 this good. Now it's just a matter of whether or not he can stay healthy. Yeah, he should be an intriguing player to watch this year. And I, I want to stick to running backs with you, and I want to ask you about Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Matt, right? You know, talk, you know, right when the Pope talked of him being cut before the season started, the value for 15 games. Hey, Jeff, you, you cut out for most of that question. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. So, Carlos Hyde, I wanted to get your thoughts on Carlos Hyde to the company. A lot of people had him, have him all, you know, he's all over the map right now. Early in camp, uh, there's talk of him being cut, and now at this point, uh, there's talk of him being in the best shape of his life, and he's running away with a starting job in San Francisco in an offense that could run the ball a lot. So where do you see Carlos Hyde this year? What is, what is your thoughts on him? Okay, so uh, let me begin this. I won't go into get into the detail I did with Des, but let me begin with the stat. I don't think I'm going to say less than 1% of the industry either knows or is using with Hyde, and this is something I've been consistent with, with in my analysis of him. In 297 career runs out of the shotgun formation, now this is obviously pro, not college, uh, 297 career runs out of the shotgun, he is averaging 4.8 yards per carry. And in 118 carries under center, the average is 3.1. Now think about that for a second. Okay, yeah. now those stats may not mean much by themselves, but if you go back to his college days, he ran out of Urban Meyer shotgun spread offense there at Ohio State too. So my point is that he's never had success out of outside of anything but a shotgun-based formation. Having said that, the only reason I kind of like him this year is because I really trust Kyle Shanahan's ability to cater his system to fit his running backs. Um, that's the only reason. Obviously, we haven't talked about his lack of durability, and he's never act, he's he's never made it through a full season in college or the pros. So my thought on him is. If owners want to bet on him, they're doing so because they really believe in Kyle Shanahan. And not, I, I love the fact that he's in great shape. I hope for him that he proves he can do something outside of a shotgun-based formation, which, you know, of course, we, last year we had Jeff Kelly, so that was that's where he got most of his production from. But even before then, he was, he'd only had really success out of a shotgun. So, like I said, if you're betting on him, you're betting on Shanahan. Otherwise, I would uh, either steer clear or maybe in a deeper draft make uh, invest in high in high tower and or Joe Williams. But I certainly wouldn't use a high a mid round pick like some people probably were using in June on Joe Williams. I certainly wouldn't do that anymore. 
So, Doug, I wanted to ask you about a little bit of another polarizing fantasy player right now, Blake Bortles. This guy's been a top-ten fantasy quarterback each of the past two seasons, but he's not getting drafted like that at all. And uh, I just wanted to know, what what do you think of Bortles? Do you think he can be a top-ten quarterback again this year, or is this, this going to be the season that he he uh, he doesn't finish quite that high? I'm sure... I'm sure you come across this uh, plenty yourself, but I think uh, most people either in the industry or owners in general tend to kind of make knee-jerk reactions or proclamations based on a performance or a bold statement from a coach or, you know, poor season. Okay, we're one season removed from Bortles being the next great thing in Jacksonville, right? Yep. Um, having said that, he's kind of an example, and I, I think this we – he's going to grow as a quarterback, but I – Still, I think he's an example of somebody who's probably always that one player per position who's always going to be good in fantasy but not so good in reality, and it's hard for people to separate the two sometimes, and I totally get that. Um, I'm going to say, let's just say for the sake of discussion that Jacksonville attempts the fewest passes in the league this year. Okay, I did some research on this, too. Over the last three years, every team, the team that attempted the fewest passes still attempted 454, still had 454 attempts, Okay is throwing at least, you know, roughly half the time. So the the only reason that you would take, I'm going to use, I don't know what Bortles' actual rank is in ADP. I'm going to say it's like 22, 23, 24. He's probably, he's probably like the 22nd, 23rd, 24th quarterback coming off the board, I'm going to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's around there. Um, so anyway, if you believe the Jags are going to be a sub-500 team again, which well, there's plenty of people to do, then Bortles is going to be throwing a lot again, which gives him a great shot to maybe not top 10, but he's, you know, he's, you know, I don't think top 15 is unrealistic. And if you think that they're going to be 500 or better, that defense is really going to dominate, whatever, whatever, you kind of imagine how people are drafting Allen Robinson in the second round. Well, how are you drafting Allen Robinson in the second round and justifying Marquise Lee or Allen Hearns as a mid to late round pick? If your quarterback isn't, you know, top twenty, top top fifteen, it, that's just okay, so. True. You're you're betting. The only thing that you're really betting on there is Chad Henney's going to steal a job, and I think we've seen plenty of Chad Henney over the years. That if he's going if he's going to take his job in week nine or week, you know, so let's say Bortles gets benched in week nine or week ten, do you really think Henney's going to finish out the season? I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> He's well worth the pick in the 14th round, and you know what? If you don't like him after two weeks, it's a 14th rounder. I I hate to say that about any pick, but it's a 14th round pick. Just take him, move on. If you don't like him after two or three weeks, but he's I think he's definitely a QB two. I think we can we can safely say that. So I want to switch gears a little bit. You talked about rookie running backs a little earlier in interviews here, but I want to touch on rookie receivers. There always seems to be one every year that breaks through and has that huge season. Uh, is there one guy you have this year that you think might have that big year out of the rookie class of receivers? I'm not I'm not too uh, sold that any one of them is going to have a big year. I'm torn between two, and that's uh, Zay Jones and Cooper Cobb. Uh, even with the signing Van Juan Bolden, uh, I, I know he's going to feel a couple snaps, or a few snaps, sorry. Um, but no one's drafting Jones to be a week one starter anyway. And I 
think you're, when you're investing in Zay Jones, you're also betting on Sammy Watkins not playing a full season again. And I think, hey, I mean, anything can happen in a given year. Sammy Watkins did play 16 games his rookie year. But as we know with foot problems, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a definitely a roll of the dice. So if you're – I think any time – if you can count on Watkins missing some games, I think you can count on Zay Jones being a very good – WR or wide receiver three in any game he misses. Um, and I mentioned those draft profiles earlier. He kind of reminds me a lot of Michael Crabtree, just really uh, younger Michael Crabtree, really good hands. Uh, you just use more as a possession receiver. And I'm not projecting 90 catches, nine touchdowns, but you know what I'm saying. He's just he's a very consistent, steady option. And for that, for, in that same. Uh, in that same mindset, if you want to go there, is Cooper Cup very, very good hands. Reminds me of a younger, more durable Danny Amendola. Going to play the uh, Jameson Crowder role in that offense. And I look to see Crowder had 59 catches his rookie year. I think that's probably Cup's ceiling. You're not drafting him for touchdown upside. You're drafting him for PPR upside. And you can get him in the, what, last three or four rounds of drafts usually. If, if you're happy with 60, you know, 50, 60 catch upside from your your WR5, then Cooper Cuff's your man. <laughs> so I'm asking all the experts I have on for the season because there's always guys that we're that we that we're targeting come draft day. I wanted to get your thoughts on maybe a middle round option that you're you're targeting in a lot of your drafts for this coming year. I'd be surprised if I'm not as high, if not higher, than anybody on Kareem Hunt. I think at worst that KC backfield is what backfield no later than midseason. And I think at best, at least from Hunt's perspective, he's the lead back in, in early October while Spencer Ware is kind of the, becomes more of a change of pace and, and goal line back. Um, to me, it's really telling the Chiefs are publicly admitting that they're throwing the whole play, playbook at Hunt. And obviously watching them this spring when I was doing my draft profiles, uh, he's the real deal. I, I, I remember writing my draft profile that every time he takes the handoff, it's like he's shot out of a cannon. I, I, it's very you, – you see that out of first and second round rookie running backs. You don't usually see it out of third and fourth round running backs, and that, that just really stood out to me. So, yeah, yeah, you heard his name a lot right after the draft that this might happen, but then it was pretty quiet for a while. But now, just this past week, you're hearing talk again about Hunt. Uh, taking over maybe at some point in the near future. So I do agree. He's a very exciting uh, option for this coming year. And I, I did want to do, do want to emphasize. I don't think Spencer Hunt's going or Spencer Hunt. Spencer Ware's. I don't. Spencer Ware is not going to go away. I want to make that crystal clear. But I, I do think usually um, Andy Reid does settle on a lead back. It's, I don't expect a split. That's what backfield, and I do expect Hunt, who is more versatile, more explosive option of the two. I tend, I tend to think he's going to win out as the season progresses. So the last question I have for you, Doug, uh, uh, kind of along those same lines, maybe you might have to take this player in the middle of the round, but a bounce back player for this year. They always seem to bring good value for fantasy teams. Maybe they were hurt last year, underperformed, or moved to a new team. So. Uh, is there any bounce-back player you're looking at this year, a guy you think that could bring some good value to fantasy teams? I, I always uh, I always have a uh, – uh, it, it, 
when I read other people, I don't read many other analysts. In fact, I rarely read any other analysts, but it's always been around, usually seems to start. By the way, I'm going to go with Kelvin Benjamin. So I, I kind of see Kelvin Benjamin's ADP is already starting to rebound a bit, but it's still in the late fifth round. Again, like I mentioned earlier in the interview, I, I don't put a ton of weight into the schedule, but I do have him down for eight very favorable matchups, including three to three in a row to begin the season, and then four of his other five right either right before or during the fantasy playoffs. We know about his touchdown upside. He had nine as a rookie. Then he had his he was out for the year with the knee injury, and then he had score seven in what was supposed to be a down year last year. And he still finished as the WR27 last year, despite admitting this spring that he never really had a great deal of confidence in his in his knee at all last year. Now, I understand that uh, the Carolina offense is becoming more of a uh, get the ball out of Cam Newton's quick, get the ball out of Cam Newton's hands quick offense, but their approach in the red zone is probably going to, I can't imagine it's going to be the uh, isn't going to change all that much. It's going to be Inside the five, I would imagine a lot of Jonathan Stewart, a lot of a lot of uh, Cam up the middle. I think that I think they're going to limit his runs, but I don't think they're going to limit his runs inside the five. Inside the inside the ten and twenty, I think you're going to see a whole lot of fade patterns to Kellen Benjamin and an occasional up down the middle to Greg Olson. I don't think their approach in the red zone is going to change much. I think it's everywhere else that's where it's going to change. So, if you Benjamin, even if you don't. If you, even if you don't think he's going to catch a lot of passes, there's a really good chance. You hate to count on touchdowns, and in fact, it's a really bad idea to count on touchdowns, but he is going to probably be the primary um, touchdown threat when it when it comes to the passing game. And since they're putting more emphasis on the passing game this year, you would kind of think that's going to benefit him. So, I really appreciate you coming on with me today. I know I learned a lot uh, from you with your great analysis. We covered all sorts of topics, and I hope it uh, helped our listeners with their drafts in the coming days. Again, it, this was Doug Orth. You can follow him on Twitter, at Doug Orth. It's D-O-U-G-O-R-T-H. He's the lead writer for FF Today, and that's a free site with great content. FFToday.com, I highly recommend uh Recommend everybody go check out FF Today. They do great stuff over there. I'm sure most of you have already been there and perused the site and learned a lot from them. But, again, Doug, thanks so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. I will say thank you. If I can also say I will be coming out with a half-point PPR board, non-PPR board. It's actually the TFC, the Fantasy Championship PPR board, and one other one. So I will be pushing those out in the next couple of weeks. But, I just wanted to get that in there before I before we wrap, wrapped up here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, great. We'll be on the lookout for those additional rankings coming out. Thanks again for being on, Doug, and have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thanks. And that was my interview with FF Today lead writer Doug Orth. I want to thank Doug for being on today and providing such great fantasy insight for our listeners. But before I let you go, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the All-American Fantasy Football Leagues we run here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. These are 12-team leagues. It's a head-to-head format with live scoring, online draft, everything you normally get in a fantasy football league, and it costs $29.95 per team to enter, and the champion takes home $200. But we have a great offer. If you sign up for three leagues, it costs just $74.95, so that's a big discount from the normal $29.95 per team it costs to join one league. 
So if you want to sign up for three teams, it costs $74.95, and this is a chance to win $200 if you win the league. And there's all sorts of times to sign up for your for your leagues and different rules. We have PPR rules, and we also have Superflex rules if you want to get in one of those leagues at, at the All-American Fantasy Football Leagues we offer here on our site. So I highly recommend you go to rtsports.com and sign up for an All-American Fantasy Football League today for a chance to win $200. And don't forget to, to take advantage of our three-for offer for $74.95 if you sign up for three teams for our All-American Fantasy Football League. And this has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day. 